Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass. I'm Harriet and I'm here with my co-hosts, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you might notice this one is a little bit different. And that's because our show is now three hours long, so we've got loads of content for you. Um, and we will be putting up three podcasts every week. Don't worry, they're not all quite an hour, about 44 minutes, very commutable. This is our first one. And it is all about being inspired. Topical talk, outspoken opinion, and inspirational conversation. This feels good, yeah? Underwear, armpit hair, many of my tears, but no one compares. Badass XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three, four! Hello and welcome to the Badass Women's Hour XL, even bigger and better than we were before. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm here with my co-host Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. We're here with you all the way through till 10pm tonight, talking about all the news that's caught our attention this week. Plus, we've got some amazing, inspirational guests giving us their wisdom. And of course, your badass walls up to your problems that we try and solve. All that in just three hours. Uh, but we're kicking off, of course, with our news stories this week. Um, first story, first story, President's Club. It's the story that has run all week. The story, I don't know how you could have missed it, but in case you have, the President's Club is an all-male charity fundraising club. They had a big old do in London this week. They haul in a load of pretty young girls to be what they call hostesses. They dress them up in essentially underwear and a bit of spandex. And it all got out of hand. Kel surprise. Um, it all got out of hand. And the President's Club has now been disbanded in a wave of scandal because they were touching up and groping the young women. Nat, can you believe these clubs still exist? Well, the President's Club, there are lots of clubs uh, like them. There are lots of men-only clubs. Um, for me, one of the biggest issues was that they used the guise of a charitable event to exert their power to bid £400,000 um, for various things to ultimately almost, you know, extremities swing against each other and then use that to then also do the same thing for the women in the room. And I'm not going to say poor women in terms of the, the women and the hostesses that were there because, you know, I don't want to turn them in, into victims. They they took on a, a hostessing job um, probably none the wiser that that would be the, the case that they were in. But the fact that these men could not read the environment or they thought they were above the environment. They thought they were above Me Too. They thought they were above the narrative that men cannot treat women in that way. That's one of my biggest frustrations with this. 
Emma, what did you think of it? Did you think, ladies, what are you complaining about? You should have known what was happening. Definitely not. Definitely not. For me, one, one, what was really fascinating is all the men that were there and were like, <laughs> well, I didn't see anything. <laughs> I David, left before it started. David Williams, who hosted the whole evening, didn't notice that there might be anything <laughs> odd about lots of very influential, powerful men in a room and then lots of young women dressed in scantily clothes. That, like, that doesn't look a bit odd to you. I mean, you know... No, uh, totally normal. It happens every day, yeah. But, um, <laughs> when I did some research, again, I did lots of research this <laughs> week. Jimmy Tarbuck, apparently, doesn't really know what the fuss is about. He's like, he thinks that we should check out the hen parties that leave EasyJet um, to go abroad because that there's just as much um, bad behaviour that goes on. That was Jimmy Tarbuck's so, answer. I mean, that's a, it is a point, right? It is a point that, you know... if would the situation have been different if it was a rumour of, of powerful, influential women with young men in, you know, butlers in the buffer tire now? Do you think it would be different? Would it be different? No. Um, would it have caught the press attention in the same way? And would they be forced to close down? I doubt it. It's the context of where we're at right now. We've just come off the back of Me Too. We've just come off the back of, of Time's Up. They should have just known better. And to be honest, them closing down doesn't mean this sort of event isn't going to happen in the future. I mean, this is probably the mainstay of any event in property or or investment or any male heavy industry. What I, I think would be different about a women's only event is that element of seediness, that use of power and ego to ultimately abuse um the other gender and the other sex in in the room or or the sex that those women were were in fact attracted to and one of the there was a quote that actually um appeared on on twitter and i found myself nodding from emma gray she said when we socialize women to cater to men's comfort and socialize men to feel entitled entitled to women's time attention and bodies these great areas occur and they occur all the time and that for me is what this event was all about it's saying well this is the norm i can be powerful and Every, anything in this room I can have. I can have that woman. I can have that thing on stage. I can be that. That gross kind of greed and power to me is not what a charitable event is all about. Definitely. So um, one of the things that I thought was quite interesting about it was this idea that um, if the situation had been reversed, if it had been you know powerful women in a room, that would they or not have behaved the same as the men? And the thing that I find totally astonishing... This wasn't a stag do. It wasn't somebody's 40th birthday. It wasn't a small personal event. It was a professional networking event. Can you imagine yeah, grabbing went... a stranger's crotch at a professional networking event? <laughs> I just no. it doesn't and you, happen, can, does and you can't Emma. compare it though, can you? Because uh, you know, if roles were reversed and society was led by lots of influential women, there've been lots of stories about young men being abused by influential women in power. Then absolutely, that wouldn't be okay. But we're not in that scenario, and I don't know of any women's events that are like that. Otherwise. I was going to say you'll be there, <laughs> but no, no, that was a joke. <laughs> I would, but that, like, I haven't seen that happen. Like, well, I just think it's amusing when you're at a Hindu and somebody has hired uh, a male stripper or a butler in the buff. Or I'm sure there are other companies that cater to young men in aprons but you know whatever about the room in the bath and all my girlfriends now like everyone is just mortally embarrassed they're <laughs> just standing there making so when are you off to university and <laughs> what are you studying there and let me give you a tip to help you with your student loan yeah like it gets so polite and we all turn into 45 year old mothers but not just that if it was a group of women in the room uh, and they had invited women along because they were attracted to women I still don't believe the behavior would be 
that way. I don't know. It no, is that women dynam- can be predatory. Women can be. But no, can, but I, I'm think- saying if you, if it was both both sexes in the room, so you know, oh. a, a couple they're having a civil partnership, and I don't, you know, they're having a, a hen party, and other women were invited. Well, would would half naked women even be invited? I don't know. But if they were, would they behave in the same way as men? I doubt it because we're just different. That's not. We spoke about it last week. Mm-hmm. We don't get our sexual thrills in the same way. We yep. don't need to exert our power in that way. That's why I don't believe the same would happen at a women's event. We wouldn't need to claim that we are the biggest superstar or the most influential real estate property developer in the world because we can have 10 women. That's not how we show our power. The other thing is this idea that those hostesses knew what they were signing up for. They were made to sign an NDA. That should have given them, they were told to wear, you know, black underwear. That should have given them a clue as to what the event was about. And this really infuriates me because I think we're in danger of becoming a place where nobody can ever flirt with anybody else. And actually, I think flirting is one of the things that sometimes makes work more fun. Equal ops on the flirting. I flirt with men <laughs> and women. Totally. And anything I'm doing, yeah. totally up for that. But there's a line, you know, that particularly if you're, you know, if you're a waitress, that you're going to slightly flirt with the customer because it means there's a better tip. But also, if you're the customer, you know that the person waiting on you is flirting with you because they want a better tip. They're not attracted to you. Stop pushing the agenda. It's, it's ridiculous, no? Is it flirting or is it actually just being nice and good at your job? Yeah. Well, or I is think it manipulation? It's... Well, it depends <laughs> how you define flirting. <laughs> yeah. Define flirting. How do you define it? I don't know. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What did you think about the President's Club? Should we just not have male, male-only spaces? Do we need to rule them out? I don't really want to do that because then we have to it get rid of like the women sounds like an eight-year-old boy's birthday party, isn't it? It is. I no, do... man, no girls allowed. <laughs> <laughs> do you think we should get rid of them? Do you think that the men... Was that just standard? Is that just how men behave on an all-guys night? Tweet us and tell us at Talk Radio or at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass, Badass Women's Hour. I'm finding words very difficult today. Um, <laughs> or you can give us a call. We love a call. 0344-499-1000. Come talk to us. We really want to hear from you. Uh, so our second story this week. Now, what is it? So a cluster of UK companies um, released their gender um, gender pay, pay gap reports uh, as they were uh, asked to do as part of some new Required legislation. Required by law. Required by law. Though that's the word I was, or sentence I was looking for. And what these companies have done, so 16 out of uh, 311 groups decided that they'd play with the data. <laughs> and when they released the data, um, they showed that they basically didn't have any pay disparity. I love it when they do and And that was across the board. So the reason that it was found that this data must have been wrong is that um, people dug into it and the mean and the median of pay, so essentially the average and then the distance between them, were, they, they were basically saying there was no difference. And statistically, that is just not the case. So someone, you know, started digging a bit deeper and then called a couple of these companies up Um and, you know, these companies were like, oh, uh, mm, uh, didn't have any answers. Relooked at their stats, released them again. And one said company actually had a 36% gender pay gap in favour of men. And so what this highlighted to me is that we've got this legislation in place to get companies to fess up and enable women and men to have an honest conversation about salaries. And companies think that, again, in an era of fake news, they can doctor the data 
to put forward a position and no one's going to check. What is with people? Read the mood. Emma, what do you think? Are they just trying to get away with it? Is it just too much effort? Why would they do this? I think, well, it's clearly, if you're if you're hiding something, there's some shame around that, right? Some embarrassment. And I think, you know, lots of companies are getting called out. But I just think you look absolutely worse as a company if you try and hide it or mm. fudge your data than you do to go, do you know what? Actually, we looked at this. Yeah. We realised there's a problem and we're, this is what we're going to do about it. Because, you know, we're, we're in the state that we are today and there's been a lot more awareness about what's driving these gender imbalances and it is a work in progress it's not something that can be fixed overnight but kind of like just sort of hiding or fudging data like you're just making yourselves look like idiots so there are lots of companies hiding so nine thousand companies uh, are supposed to submit their data uh so far because it's still voluntary of as of april 1st uh, only 311 have, have, have done so which means basically everyone else they know what the data says and they're too scared to share it because it means that actually you can start to hold your employers to account and i don't know what we need to do to actually get the 9000 to share oh i do go uh we need to do what was originally written into the legislation and then this government <laughs> took out which was fine them so if in the original piece of legislation for this it said that if you didn't publish your gender pay gap mm-hmm. you would be fined and i think do the fine think... was something like five thousand pounds so it wasn't a huge Companies amount in the scheme of things pay it. but you know i think fining people actually making this mandatory and with a financial penalty if you don't do it no they just no. pay it no you need to make it big enough so way back when we had this proposal i was there arguing that five thousand pounds wasn't enough and then they just got rid of the fine altogether but well, do you, you know what really annoys enough. me it's always money talks whenever we have these yeah. talks about gender diversity it always has to come down to the money can it not just come down to the fact that this needs to be changed because it's for the good of the humanity it does it needs to be changed and right now uh final story this week emma what is it Oscar nominations, ladies. Now, I'm not as big into my films as Nat, so... But, um, the, you know, movies. the Oscars... Actually, it was a much better year for women in film. So there were there were some defining categories this year. So basically, 40 women received nominations in categories. Um, so the lady... Um, there's the new film, Lady, lady, lady Bird. Bird, that's coming out. Greta so Gershwick. Greta Gerwig uh, was nominated for original screenplay, which was a big deal. And there was also... Uh, the um, best cinematography category, which has never uh, had a woman nominated in that category before, mainly because the history of uh, cinematography is the fact that the cameras were so heavy that quite often women were never carrying them. So that's quite groundbreaking that there is a woman in that category. But what was really interesting is that Wonder Woman has not been mentioned anywhere. Well, it's not that interesting. It wasn't that great film, honestly, was it? Well, I mean, like, I enjoyed it, but it's not Oscar-worthy. It's not Oscar-worthy. It's not Oscar-worthy, Is it not Oscar? Really? Now, what did you think of the nominations this year? Was it, is, was it surprising to you there were more women? Uh, it wasn't surprising um, because the Oscars try and read the mood of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't agree that you should put movies in that aren't, you know, Oscar-worthy. So one, there was nothing about Wonder Woman that, that on, requires an Oscar, not in terms of cinematography, not in terms of music, not in terms of acting, not in terms of directing, nothing that was Oscar-worthy. But what I would say <laughs> is that actually I think a lot of the, you know, the films that are on there haven't had great reviews either. And I don't know if 
they're even Oscar worthy. So I haven't seen The Darkest Hour, but the reviews don't sound great. Mm. That's got a whole load of awards. But I would say from what I've read, the jury's out on whether or not this is a great thing. You know, this is a, a brilliant day for women because we're still one in all of the, the, the years of, of the Oscars. A woman has only won Best Director category once, and that was for... Catherine Bigelow, uh, not Zero Dark Thirty, the one before that, The Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. How do you remember this stuff? It was in the article. Feminist history Um, for you there. But so, you know... Somebody's going to tweet me now and tell me that's wrong. (laughs) No, it is. It's it's correct. Um, So, uh, you know, I don't know how great it is that, you know, they're also like, it's, it's really diverse because, you know, some black people got nominated too. Okay. Uh, Were there any Asian people nominated in any categories anyone with a disability nominated you know we can't just go with the it's cool so we're just going to chuck a few in let's find some let's commission brilliant movies and reward them accordingly yeah have you seen this year's Oscars what do you think who's going to win is it a good year for women have we done particularly better than other years or is it just a big old fuss about nothing because it's just trendy that's what Nat thinks I think <laughs> she might have a point uh, do tweet us and tell us at Badass Women's Hour HR at Badass Women's Hour or at Talk Radio, either or, we don't mind, or give us a call, 0344-499-1000. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, coming up now, we're going to take a little break and going into the travel. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, and my co-host, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And of course, Blue the Badass Dog is snoring under the table, as per usual. Uh, We're here with you all the way till 10pm. But our next story is, I think, just so important for so many women, and we don't talk about it enough. And this is the news that came out this week that... Women are not going to get smear tests because they are scared they're going to hurt. Emma, do you would you put it off for that reason? Do you do you know what? Do you go regularly? Yes, I yeah I do. I think it's really important. But I do speak to lots of people who put it off. They just find it really uncomfortable. I do find whenever I go though that the nurse that I see, literally, I don't know, she, she probably thinks she's serving up cheeseburgers at McDonald's she just mm. seems to like literally forget that there is a human being at the end of that speculum <laughs> so I would say that like nurses I know you're doing this every day but if you are doing the smear test can you just remember that some people are a little bit scared and a little bit like you yeah, know a bit not of extra happy. love, bit of extra yeah. love. Nah. not just scared respect for a very private intimate part of your body so to go traipsing and digging around like you're going for gold it, you know it's not great and I, I have put off my my smear test for a while and i've booked in for it in the next two weeks um but it you know it's not something that i think yeah great i'll find out that i'm healthy you know yeah. it should be better it should be a better experience it's not the greatest of experiences but just why do women put it off and how can we get more of them to go regularly joining us on the phone we've got kate sanger from joe's cervical cancer trust hi kate hi did this news shock you that women are putting it off because they're scared um, well, we know from research we've done before, there's lots of different reasons why women don't attend. Um, some women are, are scared, some women are embarrassed, um, some don't know what the test is for, don't think it's important, or find it difficult to get to the doctors um, or to get a, to get a doctor's appointment. Um, so we did already know that women do find it embarrassing. I find it embarrassing. It's not the nice of experiences. Um, but we were quite shocked to find that quite so many young women said that um, the embarrassment was around their body mm. and their body image and how they look. So 
that was actually quite concerning for us um, and something which we weren't really aware of before. Why do you think that has come from? Is it kind of, is it social media? Is it this weird growing trend for trying to beautify our vaginas? What is it? Yeah, I think it's a bit of everything, personally. Um, I do think social media's got a lot, um, is a big influence in this. Um, social media and the media, you're, we're being bombarded with images of what normal looks like and what you should aspire to be and those kind of things. So I do think that definitely has a factor. And how do we get women who are scared to go? I think it's a lot about this conversation. So all this week we've been running our Smear for Smear campaign, um, which is a social media campaign. And we've been trying to encourage conversation about smear tests because then it becomes sort of just something that, like a normal health check as opposed to this thing that is quite scary or you're not quite sure what it is. So I think talking, um, we would really encourage mothers to talk to their daughters, friends to have a talk about it. Um, and also if you're nervous or if you're not sure if the test is right for you, um, then do ask questions. Go and speak to your nurse, speak to us as a charity, speak to your friends. Um, so I think the more we talk about it, the, the, less, um, the less scary it is. Nah. So Kate, let's demystify this now. What exactly mm. is a smear test? So a lot of people think a smear test is a test for cancer, which it's not. It's a test that can prevent cancer. So it's a test that looks for abnormal cells in your cervix, which are, if they were not treated or um, monitored, then they could develop into cancerous cells. So it, by, by looking for those cells, it means it is really re- the test reduces your risk of getting cervical cancer. Um, during the test, um, you'll go to your GP, you'll be invited to, to lie to undress from the waist downwards um, and lie on your back. Um, and the nurse will basically use, use an instrument called a speculum. Um, it's plastic. There's a lot of people think that a speculum is metal and it's not. It's plastic, um, which you'll insert to have a close to in, into your vagina um, to then be able to take a sample from a cell from your cervix. It's a really, really soft brush. So it shouldn't be painful. Um, it's, it's, a, it's uncomfortable. But if it is painful, if you do find it painful, then do speak to your nurse um, because there's ways they can make it a bit easier for you. Emma, I know. Um, so, uh, Kate, a lot of my friends, you know, there's a lot of association, like you said earlier, about smear tests and it being testing for cancer. Mm. What's, what is the likelihood that if you had a smear test, you might be recalled because it was abnormal or your cells were abnormal? Like how how common is that? How likely is that? Is that quite a, a thing that happens regularly? Is that... Um, a rare yeah, thing. so it is. It's, it's not un, unusual. So every year, about two hundred twenty thousand women will be told they've got a, an abnormality, and that's a, that's a pre-cancerous cell that's not cancerous. Um, and some women might require a little procedure to remove some of those cells, um, but it is quite common. So if you do get told you do have abnormal cells, then don't panic. Um, you're you might you'll have to go to back to the hospital for a closer look, and you might need some treatment just to get rid of the cells. But a smear test prevent about 75% of cervical cancers from developing. Um, so the actual test itself is, is, is your best protection against cervical cancer. Nat. And so uh, lastly, um, is it true that smear tests are still only for women over the age of 25 or has that changed? That's true. A smear tests are for, for women aged 25 to 64. So if you're, you need to get an invitation, you need to be registered with your GP and you'll get your first invite at about 25, uh, sorry, 24 and a half. Um, and you'll get them every three years up until 49 and then every five years up until 64. Three and five years. OK. Yeah. Fantastic. 
Thank you so much for joining us, Kate. If people want more information or they want to know a bit more or they want to ask you some questions, where can they find more? Find out just more information? Yeah, if you visit joestrust.org.uk, that's our website, um, and we've got so much information, and we've got lots of support there. We've got a forum, we've got a helpline. So if you're concerned or worried or confused or you have been told you've got abnormal results, um, then we're there for you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. It is, it's so important and I think we would all really, really urge you, if you're a woman listening to this and you haven't been for a while and you've been putting it off, just make the appointment and go. It will be fine. It's uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. It's awkward. It'll be fine. Um, I've got a really lovely nurse, so I would say... If you're if you're a little bit worried, just ask for the nicest nurse, and the receptionist always knows who that is. Not embarrassing is. though. Yeah, no, it's not embarrassing. Not embarrassing. It's a little bit embarrassing. Like is hi, here they've seen so many. How many smear tests do you think these health? How many vaginas do you think these healthcare oh, yeah, professionals but, have seen? But yeah, but nonetheless, you're still there. Your legs are Kimbo. Yeah, but there's nothing like, special about my. I mean, it is because it's mine. <laughs> but like, there's nothing completely like. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing they haven't seen before. I'm sure of it. Take the Emma Sexton approach. That's what we need. Maybe have a vajazzle before you go. <laughs> Make it feel special. Uh, coming up after this break, we are going to be putting the Buddhism in busyness. How, If you are one of those people rushing around with just too much to do all the time, how can you find a bit of peace and tranquility within the busy? Uh, we've got an expert here now to tell us all about it. Coming up after this break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Badass XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour Sal, I'm Harriet Minter. I'm here with my co-host Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. Um, we're about to talk about busyness because I don't know about you, but I, whenever anyone asks me, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And I never really bother to check in and find out whether or not I am. Um, and I certainly have no idea how to stop it. But apparently, we've got an expert in the studio. Welcome, Michelle Laurie. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Hello. How <laughs> funny that you say you're, you're busy, but you don't know if you're busy or not. Why, yeah. do you, why do you say that? Because I feel like I fill my time ah. all the time. And yet, 
I don't get a lot done. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a whole other <laughs> book. But, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, do you feel sort of overwhelmed by it? Do you feel too busy? Yes. Yeah, so this week yeah. particularly, okay. I can say that I feel like I have not stopped at any point and I, I'm on a treadmill and I'm just going and going and going. Yeah. And what how does do I that, do? Well, how does that feel? Does that feel fun? Does it feel good? Does it, it feel... It feels fun, but it also feels a bit knackering. Yeah, tiring. Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like, I don't know, I've got the energy for this. Yeah, mm. and I used to get depressed and I used to feel like um, I'm not really happy. I'm not experiencing happiness. I'm too busy working all yeah. the time. Um, but I mean, here you are on this great show with these great women. There's a dog in the room that's got to make you happy, right? She does make me very happy, and she has been She's excellent me for happy. calming the busyness. She's making me happy so right now because I miss my dog. But okay, so here's the go. Um, I was very, very busy, unbelievably busy. I was working in breakfast radio, so I was up at four in the morning every day. I have eight-year-old twins. <gasps> Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I'm a single mother, although I, I sort of hate saying that because their dad's very involved, so I feel a bit guilty mm-hmm. saying I'm, I'm not that single, if you know what I mean. But um, I was writing books, writing columns, podcasting, just trying to stay busy. I was fetishizing busyness, you know what I mean? I wanted to be the busiest person because it, it felt like the busiest person is the most important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's the person that everybody else has to kind of revolve around. Everyone has mm-hmm. to change their plans to fit in around you and... Um, one night I said to my son, Louis, who was about six at the time, come and give us a kiss, Louis. And he said, oh, too busy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. And I just thought one day you will be too busy. When I'm ready, it's like I'm working for the future all the time, you know. And I think, oh, this will all pay off when I, sometime in the future, sometime when I'll be just rich and glamorous and won't have to work anymore and, I'll be all relaxation. Hopefully tomorrow. <laughs> that yeah. fantasy future we all have. And then I thought, well, by then he really will be too busy. And then what am I going to do? I'll be shuffling around the house by myself. Oh, I know. Sad. So, so, yeah, I just had to slow it down. Because you have written this book, which is called Buddhism for the Unbelievably Busy, yeah. which is a fantastic title. So were you a Buddhist before you got busy yeah. or did busyness <laughs> create you as a Buddhist? How did it happen? Yeah, no, I was a Buddhist before. I was, yeah. I, I've been uh, studying Buddhism seriously for about 13 years mm-hmm. and that came out of a deep depression. I thought, oh God, I, I don't know, nothing's working. So I went along to the Buddhist Centre and it helped and I, I stayed. Didn't you meet the Dalai Lama? A couple of times, yeah. No yeah, I'm uh, on the, uh, the board of his Australian organization and we do gigs together when he's in australia <laughs> so i'm a comedian originally so um gigging with the dalai lama yeah 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 well i kind of sit on stage with him and help him understand <laughs> people's questions and things like that and um but we got a pretty good double act going on when he's in town <laughs> is he very busy he must be a hugely busy man do you know he's less busy these days <laughs> he's not as busy as you think um he looks busy because when he walks, he gets that Naomi Campbell. You know, whenever she walks, she gets that air in her hair. He sort of gets that with the robes. So it looks like he's just flying around the place all the time. But actually, he's been keeping a pretty low profile lately. He stays in India most of the time. I know he goes and stays at his sister's house in Delhi for months on end and just chills. Yeah. He's read the book. He's taken the test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's way ahead of me on everything, obviously. So when you decided that you were too busy and you needed to calm it down, where did you start? Where did I start? I started, the, well, I, I started with the idea, with the decision. And that was the hard part, was saying, oh, this isn't working. I've spent my whole life, I'm 44 now. I've spent my whole life 
trying to get to this point where I'm very busy. You know, as a performer, that's the dream, mm-hmm. that you're busy. And now I'm here and it's not making me happy. I thought this was going to be the thing that would make me happy and it's not. So making the decision to change, first thing. Second thing, look at my diary. Literally one thing at a time and go, well, why am I doing that? And why am I doing that? And why am I doing them on the same day? And why, (laughs) you know, and being really honest with myself because a lot of it I was doing for ego. Mm -hmm. A lot of it I was doing because it made me look good, because I wanted to have every job. Uh, that word exposure, people, it'd yes. be good exposure. Yeah. And then you're like, mm. Yeah, but a lot of it, I, I know that a lot of non-performers are in the same boat in terms of wanting to look great at work, mm. wanting to look like they're the first in, the last to leave, they're still working at home at night, emailing. You know, why? Why are we doing that? I mean, you had a question about ego, didn't you? Yeah, because I, I, I do Ask think Ask me, you're... I'm an expert. Yeah. It's massive. I think, well, I think <laughs> ego is a really interesting thing. I think it drives a lot of like bad behavior and quite often yeah. it stops us from doing what's really true to us. I think for me, I'm a very busy person and I've really had to do what you've done, which is like, look at my diary and this year is my year of like chilling chilling out but I think mine's not driven by my well I don't think it's driven by my ego mine's driven by the fact that I feel really fearless now about putting stuff out to the world so now the world's become this big like adventure playground for me because I'm like oh I could do that and I actually could make that happen and I I know some people who could help that and so my busyness is more like how do I not become a magpie and get I've had to it's been do you know what it's been 18 months of really trying to rein myself in and it's literally probably been the equivalent of trying to get off crack cocaine because I'm like don't look at that shiny thing don't look at that shiny thing ignore that idea ignore that idea yes I know that feeling of thinking there's just not enough time in life to do all the ideas that is that's where I am how do I sort that out well, <laughs> luckily for you, Buddhists believe in reincarnation, so you'll get to do it again and again. But also, I mean, do you have, what's the rest of your life like? Do you have family at the moment? Do you have, you have kids? No, no. Yeah, but you have a relationship? Uh, no, not, not a serious one. Okay. Well, my advice is go for it right now because when you get a serious relationship and when you get kids, there isn't this time to do this anymore. And, and as women... I had my kids at 37, so my career after all those years was finally starting to kick in like yours and I was finally having all these opportunities and then you've got you've got to be a mum as well and it, then you really are trying to live two or three well, lives at admit, once. Well, I must admit, kids are not in my five-year plan nor is a kind of relationship that's going to stop me having adventures. So to yes. be honest, I'm, I, it's just up to me to rein it in. I don't think I can. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think you should, babe. <laughs> I think it Thanks. sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. I mean, until, unless and until it becomes miserable. Yeah, that's I true. I mean, if, if you're enjoying life now, live it now. I'm talking about getting into a situation where I was sort of really future focused all the time to the detriment of my now. Mm. You know, I wasn't feeling happiness. I wasn't noticing happiness because I was chasing, chasing, chasing things all the time. So you talked about being afraid to stand still. Yes. What were you afraid of? Uh, afraid of I was afraid of being unproductive it's weird and illogical but it had built over many many years that's the workaholism I guess I felt guilty about being unproductive I'd sort of find myself thinking well there must be something I could be doing right now instead of you know well sit on the couch and look at the dog's eyes that's something to do (laughs) but no I thought no there must be something I should and could be doing and so I was always doing something Mm. but now I prioritize 
time to do nothing. You know, there's this movement now about children, about how we got, we've got to give children time to get bored because yeah. that's where creativity comes from. I think adults are the same. Mm. And I thought, I need to give myself the opportunity to get bored. How wonderful. We know my kids say, I'm bored. And I go, God, how lucky are you? You have nothing you have to be doing right now. That's so lucky. So I'm pursuing boredom at the moment. Yeah. Fabulous pursuit. Nat, yeah. do you think busyness is an epidemic of, of today's society? Yes. It's almost a badge of honour. And when you were talking, I pointed at you, Em, because I was like, <laughs> that element of being unproductive, you said, you know, I don't want to watch a movie if I don't, if it's not any good, because I feel like I've wasted yeah. that time. Yes. I totally relate to what you just said there. <laughs> yeah. But I have this wow. thing of like, I have, a, I have a thing that time's running out. I'm, I always live my life as if it could end tomorrow. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not done doing all the things that I need to do. How but old are you? 42. Wow. 41 and a half. Why do you think time... I mean, you know what? Have you always felt that way? Because I felt when I reached my 40s, suddenly my mortality kind of became a thing. And I thought, oh, how am I living my life? Am I living a life I want to live? Did you find a yeah, similar thing around uh, that time? No, I don't know. It's definitely sped up as I've got older. Yeah. And I think it's sped up It's sped up as I've had the confidence to, to go out there and live my life the way I want to live it. And suddenly there's all this opportunity and I'm like, I've got all these things I want to do before I die. So I need to go on and do them. Yeah. Watching a crap movie is not one of them. <laughs> but is that, is that then happening earlier? So in, in terms of this busyness, kids being busy, you get into your 20s and you're busy because you also then have six different careers on the go. Yes. And then you get into your 30s and then everything else. Just, and then yes. and, and it's just more and more and more. I think we look, the wonderful thing about the sort of the sexual revolution and then the feminist revolution is that we have more options. Mm. And I think maybe we have this sort of drive in us that out of respect to all those women who went before us who had no options, we should take all of them. That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> I feel like I am so lucky. I should grab everything, every opportunity that is open to me. And that that's something you have to kind of reckon with, mm-hmm. you know, the time, the energy and what it takes out of you. Yeah. Is it a feminist act to rest? I believe oh, no. it's a revolutionary feminist act. <laughs> <laughs> the Absolutely. Best sort. Yes, because at 44, I am in between eight-year-old twins. My parents are aging. Mm. I have a lot of responsibility. And absolutely, it's a revolutionary act for me to block everyone out and watch a crappy movie. <laughs> Maybe yes. we should have like a yeah list of the top ten crappy yeah. movies to watch. <laughs> yes. Movies that make you bored. Are we yes. all too busy? That's all we're discussing right here on Talk Radio with Michelle Laurie, just a, an expert in busyness and how not to do it. Do you find that? Do you find that you are too busy to actually rest? How? How do you rest? I don't even know how you do that. Mm. That is what we're going to be talking about still with the amazing Michelle Laurie, coming up in the next section of Badass Women's Hour Live here on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL, even bigger and better than it was before, here on Talk Radio with me, Harriet Minter, and my co-hosts, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And this week we are joined by the amazing Michelle Laurie, author of Buddhism for the Unbelievably Busy. We have been talking about busyness. You girls are busy. (laughs) (laughs) You you live in a very busy city and you're in a busy industry and your brains are so busy I can hear them crackling. (laughs) (laughs) You girls are busy. We're overthinkers. Yeah. Um, Emma, 
you're a super busy person. You need help from Michelle. I do. Do you know what? No, it is my year to be less busy. That's why I'm like just frantically going through your book, asking you lots of questions. You seem to love it. Well, no, I do. But there's one chapter in here that I think is really interesting that I'm never satisfied chapter. And I think that is another thing where I'm like that. That's the call of your life, isn't it? Yeah. And I, you know, if I look at where my life is now, if I imagined my life 10 years ago, I'd be like thrilled to be where I am. I'm still looking. I always get to the top of one mountain, but then I can see the next mountain. And that looks really exciting over there. And I'm glad I have to get that one. I don't know. But, you, but, but by the time I get to the top of the mountain, I forget it was even a goal. Because <laughs> I'm true. so focused on the next one. It's yeah. true. I just, you know, all of this is a practice. We've used the word a practice, okay? So it takes practice. It takes consciousness and it takes you reminding yourself a lot. And that's why I've got, uh, I'm going to use an Australian word, daggy. means sort of lame. <laughs> suggestions like gratitude journals and stuff but I mean they do work Mm. if you write things down it does help you remember and just what you just said just sitting with yourself for a minute I know you're going to hate this because it's not productive and it's (laughs) quiet but thinking about your achievements writing them down thinking about the no the goals you've achieved look I'm I'm bad at it too you know just about four days ago a girlfriend of mine said to me gosh I remember when you said you wanted to write a book and now you're going to London to do a book tour. And I thought, oh, I never even thought <laughs> yeah. about that. Of course. And I remember it was eight years ago because my twins were little, were newborns. So I focused a lot on that in the last couple of days. So, so what can I learn from Zen Buddhism? <laughs> when I'm at the top of that mountain <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I'm proper twitchy because yeah. I can see the other mountain, <laughs> what do I need to channel to stay at the top of that mountain just a little bit longer? Yeah, you've just got to sit on that mountain quietly <laughs> with yourself and enjoy it. It, it. I don't know about you, but I I find I sort of downplay my achievements mm. well, as well for some weird reason. Again, I'm very excited to be here with you. And a couple of weeks ago, I was sort of, oh, yeah, I'm just going to London for a couple of days. No big deal. It's just a couple of days. It's not. And friends of mine were saying, shut up. Enjoy. That's amazing. So I have been really focused on that. You've, you've got to take the time because none of this can happen if you stay busy. You have to take the time to sit on the couch with the dog or with the cup of tea or with the candle. You were telling me that you were doing candle meditation mm-hmm. where you look at a candle. However you do it. Do, do it. Hang on. Can I just say, it feels just like a conversation between you and <laughs> Natalie, Harry, you're just as busy Natalie. as I am. We're just listening, but we're letting, okay. we're, yeah. we're letting you ask I feel like I'm in trouble for being I, too busy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm meditating on this <laughs> yes. conversation right now and I'm taking it in. I'm right. even slowing the way that I'm speaking to you. Yeah. No, so, because I, you know, everything that you're saying is right. You know, Gratitude journals, taking time to enjoy the moment, being in the present, being in the now, knowing what makes you happy, looking at your list of the things that you've got to do in the week and saying, actually, do I want to do any of this? Yeah. Because I thought it was a good idea, but actually I'm going to be up at five, I'll be home at midnight and I'm doing the same thing because this is helping my career, but actually I don't want to do any of this. No, and I'm unhealthy, I'm running around, I'm not eating properly, I'm eating in the Mm -hmm. car or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm exhausted, I'm not exercising. All, yeah, all that self How do we snap out of that bit? Because that's the bit that I find hard. So it's the, the busyness happens and the diary's full and I know it. I do consciously know it and I will still keep going with that voice saying, you don't need to do this. So how do you stop yourself? And well, just... start cancelling. And that's just cancel, awful, just isn't it? Yeah. I mean, do you 
I, I never cancelled anything. I don't know yeah, about you girls. I, I try not to. I was like so reliable. You booked me for a gig. I was there. Yeah. And I never, ever, ever pulled out. In fact, I was the person you called when someone else pulled out because you knew I loved to work and mm. I'd always be there. But the yeah, initially I had to start cancelling. I had to go through the diary and go, I'm not going to do that, actually. I'm going to phone them and say, I can't do it. That's actually a good tip. Just cancel. Just cancel stuff. It's so liberating. And when you are sitting on your couch in your tracksuit pants, (laughs) (laughs) drinking a cup of tea, thinking, oh, God, I'm so glad I'm here and not there, that's a good feeling. And that'll motivate you to keep going. Yeah. Emma, I know you wanted to hand over, but you can't <laughs> answer, right? No, but the little hand keeps going up. I've got this. I've got a really good question. I actually had dinner with a girlfriend this week, and she has got the opportunity to do nothing for a bit. So she's been uber busy like me. Her life is pretty crazy. She's going to step out of her, bi- her business, and she said, do you know what? I just want to lie on the sofa and watch housewives of beverly hills and mm. i was like do it and she said no because i'm really scared that i won't stop lying on the sofa <laughs> watching about right. housewives. so why scared if it feels good why is it a bad thing well, Balance, yeah i so. said to her i don't i think if you're a busy person you're quite a creative person because you're you know you're always creating things to do and i did say to her i reckon that you probably would do it you might do it for a week you might even do it for a month but i don't think you'd never get off your couch again the other thing to remember and this is a keyboardist teaching is impermanence we are changing all the time, right? Every every mountain, every stream, every person, we are changing all the time. So just because being super happy made or super busy made her happy last year, maybe sitting on the couch and watching the Housewives of Beverly Hills is what makes her happy now. And that's okay. And I found that I was working to this to-do list that I wrote 20 years ago. Mm. And I thought, why am I doing all this stuff? It, it doesn't make me happy anymore. I it did then. From that, yeah. You know, yeah, it was important to me then, but I'm a different person now. Yeah. So, so I have, oh, sorry, no, I, was, I have a question around so relationships. You talk about relationships and difficult ones in the book. How do you, so once you've made the decision, you know, I'm going Buddhist, I'm cancelling, I'm doing my gratitude journal, I'm chilling out, and everyone around you goes, oh, but we need you. Yeah. Or how dare you? How dare you think about yourself? Yeah. What do you do then? You have to be, uh, I'm going to say selfish is the word I'm going to use, but mm. really self-caring mm. is what I mean. And sometimes you have to, I mean, I have eight-year-old twins, so they will look at me very often and say, how dare you? <laughs> you know? And I have to say, well, I'll tell you how, because... This makes me a better mother if I can just have a break. I just need a break from you guys, whether that's a night out or two weeks in India, which I took last <laughs> year, and they were absolutely furious with me. But, um, you you know, some people you can be honest with and some you can't, and that's not your problem, frankly. Your problem is getting that space for yourself. So if you have to lie to a person about why you're cancelling and why you can't be there, do that. If you can be honest with another person about why you're cancelling, do that. Mm. Make the space for yourself. You have to fight for it. You have to really fight for this space for yourself, but you have to be confident and know that that makes you a better person and actually makes you a more giving, more generous, more authentic person. So we all know, I think, somebody who is addicted to being busy. And I've definitely had friends who... I've looked at their lives and they are stressed out and they're Mm. miserable and they're constantly on the go, angry, exhausted, frustrated, but they can't stop. The the sheer fear of what might happen if they let something drop a little bit 
is just too terrifying. Is there anything that you we can do to help or to support or to encourage them to let it go? You can buy the book, obviously. Obviously, yeah. buy the book. Yeah. Give them the book. <laughs> you can you can talk to them about it. But ultimately, everyone's journey is their own journey and there's nothing any of us can do for anyone else. You know, the only person we have any authority over is ourselves. And that's really frustrating (laughs) when you see someone, anyone indulging in uh, self-destructive behavior of any kind. It's really frustrating. But there's nothing you can do about it except have an open, honest conversation, make your suggestions, and then you just got to leave it at that and then decide whether or not you still want to be with somebody. And you said you're on your book tour now. Your life is hugely busy at the moment. How do you still manage in that business? How how Are you just saying, oh, it's just a period of time and I just get through it? Or do you make breaks? How do you manage it? Yes, that's a good um, way of describing it, actually. I make breaks. It's a period of time. But also, I don't know, I'm less busy. I'm more busy in, in things, in terms of things that nourish me and make me feel good and... Uh, help me grow I think and less busy in things in terms of things that don't that makes sense uh and I have extended had this trip here but I made sure there were days off Mm. you know I've had lots of days to go out and enjoy the time and really appreciate where I am and what I'm doing so that's that's the attempt yeah um, what do you do when people try and pack more stuff onto you you said you just cancel things do you ever just say no. Yep. I sure do. And I didn't for a long time. Yeah. Um, but ask my agent. I absolutely, <laughs> too much to her frustration, I do go, you know what? Actually, no. And I ask a question now, which sounds really mercenary. And the question is, what's in it for me? And it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't mean selfishly. It's just like literally, okay, what is in that for me? Is it going to be fun? No. Is it lots of money? No. Are there going to be nice people there? No then why would I go? Why would I do it? But for people that are struggling, is that no full stop or do you go no and then give an explanation? Do you feel the need to give an explanation or are you like, no? Again, it depends who it's with. Well, is it Oprah? I think Oprah said no is a complete sentence. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Yes, yeah. yeah, she did. And I'm not going to say I can achieve that all the time. With my agent, I can because yeah. that's our relationship and that's, you know... Uh, yeah, with some people you can, with some people you can't. Because I think we, we all have friends who will go, no, and then they'll go, because blah, 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 yeah. blah. And by the time they get to the end, they've just said yes. And they didn't realise. Well, what about but... friends who try and solve every problem for you so you can still do it? You know, when you yeah. go, no, <laughs> I can't. And they go, why? And you go, oh, I don't know, I'm I'm tired. You'll be fine. You can sleep in tomorrow. Uh, I don't yeah. have anyone to babysit. I'll get someone to babysit for you, you know? <laughs> I could just know. We just, just never say no. I don't want to. I know how <laughs> hard just is be that? like the full thing. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I have now surrounded myself with friends who will totally accept. Uh, no, I just don't want to. I always channel my niece. She always goes. You ask if you want to do something. She's just like, no thanks. Yes. <laughs> and with the, with the thanks at the end, yes. you just can't even respond. She's like, no thanks, and just walks off. I'm like, yeah, do the same. yeah, I love it. I texted my son and said, do you want me to call you? And he said, no thanks. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm on the other side of the planet, really. <laughs> no thanks. Nope. Taking that to heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, Michelle, I mean, so much great advice. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. If there was one thing that you want people to take away and start doing to achieve a little bit of zen in the bu- in the busyness, what would it be? This is easy. Turn off the alerts on your phone. Mm. 
That's the easiest thing because that makes you feel so busy and overwhelmed, doesn't it? When you just, you know, push the button on your phone to see what the time is and there's all these (laughs) alerts on there, texts, emails, WhatsApps, tweets, it's all there and you're like, and, and that just just did my head in and so I turned off all of those alerts so I still get all the news don't worry you know when I decide I feel like it I go and check my tweets check my texts check everything Mm -hmm. that's I think the easiest easiest place to start great tip so the book is Buddhism for the Unbelievably Busy Um, Charlotte if people want to know more from you where can they find you how do they get in touch Facebook Twitter What's your uh, handles? And Insta. Michelle underscore Laurie. But my name is spelt stupidly. I changed it when I was 14. <laughs> and now it's too late to change it back. So it's M-E-S-H-E-L-L-A-U-R-I-E. Do you have a website or something that you could put it on? Oh, you've got it on Twitter. And we've just we shown it on Facebook, yeah. oh, on Facebook oh, yeah. Live. Oh, Hello. <laughs> yes, great. So sorry about the dumb spelling. We will put it on all our socials. Michelle, thank, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. We have, I mean, we've learnt a lot, but Emma's like We will make sure that all of Michelle's details are on all our social media. So you can come find us at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour, at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or badasswomenshour.com. We've got a website as well. Um, come find us on all of those. How busy are you? Like, are you a- having listened to that? Are you actually busy? That's the question that I don't know. I mean, having listened to that, what do you think? Are you actually busy? No, this is my year. I'm actually less busy this year. It's been, it's been a conscious thing, but I, it's been hard. But I'm getting, it's a work in progress. It is. It is hard at first, believe me. I'm about... I'm working of, really hard, Michelle. I'm about, <laughs> I'm about three months in. I quit my radio job about three months ago. It takes time it to does. embrace it and love it. You will. I'm, get, I'm definitely getting there. Good girl. You'll nearly get there. Uh, we would love to hear from you. So do come give us a call. 0344 499 1000. Come and talk to us. Or tweet us at Talk Radio or at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I was going to say, you know, turn off your notifications, but maybe turn off all of them apart from ours. Because yeah. <laughs> you want to hear from us. Yes. Uh, you need to hear from us. And you need to call us 0344 499 1000 so we can talk to you after this break. This is us on the Badass Women's Hour. We will be here again next week, same time, same place, with more amazing, inspiring content. But if you want to talk to us in the meantime, come find us on social media at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour. Or you can find me at Harriet Minter, Nat at Nat D. Campbell, and Emma at Emma Sexton. And we'll see you again next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.